Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Unsportsmanlike Commentary. As always, this is DC Mello, and I'm here with Tyler. How's it going, Tyler? I'm fantastic. Um, been waiting for this all fucking day because we had to delay this podcast by a day thanks to Tuesday Night Football. Thanks to COVID, really, but I, I get what you're saying. Uh, yeah, we, this would have been done yesterday uh, night for all our viewers and listeners, but unfortunately we had to move it to today, but we're excited. We're going to hit up that week five recap. Uh, but before we do, Tyler, I got to hit you with the stat. Okay. We're doing this and now. All right. Let's it's not it. about football. It's about our podcast. All right. Okay. Now, our podcast is we're like, we're like in the second week really of our podcast. So we're still just kind of getting things going, getting things off the ground. Uh, but we did see a uh, nice increase in viewership last week. That said, here's an interesting statistic. Okay. As of last week, okay, 3% of our viewers are from France. Okay. Now, here's where it gets interesting. All right. That was before we had a big jump in, in viewership. Okay. After the big jump in viewership, it's still 3%, meaning that the ratios stay the same. So whoever is in France watching us, they're consistent and they're sticking with us. And I, I want to know, I want to know whoever's watching us or whoever's listening, sorry, whoever's listening to us from France, is it, is it someone from America who loves football and then happens to be in France currently, or is it actual uh, someone from France who, who loves football? Cause the only way you're listening to us is if you love American football. Uh, yeah. I, if our viewing numbers are going up and that percentage is staying the same, not only are we holding the same 3% that we had before, that means it's actually expanding because the percentages in the diversity. We have a couple loyal listeners out there in France is what that means. Hey man, everybody watch out, man. They don't use deodorant very well, but fuck me. If they like some fucking football talk. Hey, I'm all about it. I'm all about it. If you're, if you're from France and you're listening in, I want you to go to our uh, Twitter account at unsport comments again at unsport comment and let us know are you from france or are you from america and you happen to be living in france well i just want to know why do you love football so much that's i did not i did not picture anyone honestly from outside the u.s uh from any country really outside of the u.s uh being into this podcast so i'm really excited to know uh, what's going on there that's anyway right. hit, us, hit us up on twitter yeah so let's get into some football now. We got a uh, week five recap. Let's start with real quick recap. Uh, actually, sorry, before we get into the games, we got to do our first segment, which is going to be a little bit different than the way we did it last time. So Tyler, do you remember how we did it last week? Yes. Yeah. So we had the, what were the kind of the three, the biggest, three takeaways? biggest takeaways? Yeah. 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 So we're going to change that up. And in, instead we're going to do, what was your biggest takeaway? What was the biggest thing you were correct about? And what was the biggest thing you were wrong about? What are you going to eat crow on? So Tyler, give me, let's start with your biggest takeaway. I'm going to go with my biggest takeaway and I'm going to aim it more towards the fantasy football side of it. Um, I was not just right. I was super fucking right about Terry McLaurin. It's not really a takeaway. That's a, what were you right about? That's yeah, this no, this was this was what I was right about. I get one that I was right about. I get one that I was wrong about. And what was my biggest takeaway? I have it. I have my biggest takeaway. I'm saving it for last. I want to rub your fucking face into the fact that Terry McClory gets a lot of volume, and he's gonna he's gonna turn out a nice fucking fantasy day. He finished three for twenty six. He finished three for twenty six. And mind you, you and I on the last podcast 
put a 30 rack down that he would not, I put a 30 rack down saying he would not finish a top 15 receiving option. Okay. He didn't come close. Correct. Didn't even come anywhere close. I don't even know how many targets he got. I don't honestly fucking care. It was probably in the neighborhood of eight to seven to nine targets. I don't give a shit. That's not my fucking problem. All there is left to talk about is, well, I was right. McLaurin dealing with a fucking lingering thigh issue and was fucking shadowed by Jalen Ramsey, who is one of the top coverage cornerbacks in the league. He was shadowed by Ramsey damn near all day. So thank you. I will, I'll take my payment whenever you're, whenever you're ready. That's up to you. Whatever. We only live like three minutes apart from each other. That's fine. Um, uh, well, I love how you just decided to say, fuck doing the big takeaway. I'm just going to do things in my order. So, all right, well, I'll go ahead and follow your order since you, since you've set the precedent. Yeah. Cause I'm um, not so, oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Let me give, let me give you my biggest takeaway. Um, and you know, there was, there were some, there were a few different takeaways that I thought were intriguing. Uh, my biggest takeaway for me has got to be that you can't overreact to one week in football, especially oh in the fantasy. God, season. here we go. Oh my God. Okay. Right. Now you can't overreact to one week. Okay. You're so, so let's look at, for example, um, and I lost my train of thought here uh, for a minute, but uh, let's look at the Falcons, right? Well, let's look at the Falcons. Yeah. You can't look at Chris Godwin having a zero, an offer stat line, right? A couple of weeks ago where he didn't get a single uh, target. Sorry, that's the Chris Godwin and Calvin Ridley. Excuse me. Calvin, Calvin Ridley. Ridley, yeah. Yep, yeah, yeah, sorry. Oh um, my God, this podcast is spiraling out of control. <laughs> but you can't look at a guy like him who got zero. Uh, zero targets, zero receptions, zero everything. Sorry, sorry, he had five targets. He had, he had zero five catches. targets, no catches, yep, yep. no receptions. Yeah, or uh, no, no yards. You can't so. overreact to a game like that and be like, "Oh, he, he, he's not, he's not going to produce for me." Every player in football is going to have a bad game. They're yeah. all. The, every player in football is going to have an exceptionally good game, right? Don't look at Chase Claypool, who we did, by the way, both of us thought he was going to have a nice game. And, yep. we were and we, that. That, was a, that was a sleeper. Uh, nobody, absolutely nobody would have been like, oh, yeah, he's going for four touchdowns. Everybody watch the fuck out. No, right. fuck no. <laughs> we didn't think he'd do that good, but we did see him having a good game, right? Now, that being said, you can't be like, oh, this guy's going to come in and have an amazing game every week, right? Uh, and I got burned by that a little bit uh, because in my fantasy league, I had Johnu Smith starting in my flex, right? And the reason why I had him in my flex and not my starting tight end is because I wasn't sure due to the Tuesday game if he was really going to play. And that game was kind of up in the air. I know they said Tuesday, but you never really know. It had already been pushed back. And I was nervous about that. I ended up taking him out of my lineup in favor of Traquan Smith. Now, had all things been equal, had I known for a fact that both games would in fact happen, I would have left Johnny in there. But I, I, I was a little iffy on that, so I put in Traquan Smith, who had scored two touchdowns. Uh, I think he had gotten somewhere around 17 points in standard format scoring the week before. You know what he did for me? When I needed eight points from him to win the game, to, to win the week, he gave me Nobody points. Nobody cares about points. your fucking problems. <laughs> 
So what I what I'm trying to say is don't don't look too much into one week. You want to look at the body of work. So that's my advice for all you fantasy players out there. You know, this week was a great reinforcement of the fact that you can't ever, ever you can't ever make too much of an assumption on one week, good or bad. You got to kind of look at the the collective body of work. All right, Tyler, uh, what do you want to do next? Do you want to do what you were wrong most about, or uh, your biggest takeaway? I will do. All right, you know, actually, I'm going to do my biggest takeaway. Okay. Because what I was wrong about is it's it's not only it it, it pains me. But at the same time, um, it's a lot more glaring than what I'm about to say. Uh, what, uh, my biggest takeaway is pretty much every game through this year that a team has been favored in by more than two scores has turned out to be some of the most boring football you could possibly watch the Ravens the Ravens I don't give a shit that the fucking stat line at 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 end of fourth quarter they're they're winning by double digits the Ravens are a boring team to watch the Cardinals the Cardinals just based on who they've played this this last week the Cardinals versus the Jets they stayed the Jets stayed relevant until damn near halfway through the third quarter. That was a such a fucking boring game to watch. It, it's it, it's a lot like how you can't take going in week to week, you can't take you can't buy into, oh, this team did really shitty this week, so they're going to do really shitty next week, even though they have high expectations. No, like just about every game that has been favored by at least like 12 or 13 more points has turned out to be some of the most boring fucking football. And I'm not saying boring like like they go up big at halftime and the second half is nothing but the winning team running the football, trying to kill the clock, and then the losing team is scrambling, trying to fucking – trying to make up ground through big passing plays and failing. No, this, the Cardinals versus the Jets, that, that Bengals Ravens game was unbearably boring to watch. So here were, so I'm going to throw a little wrench in, wrench in your takeaway here. You're correct about the Ravens and Bengals. That was a brutal game. I think it was 27 and three was the final score. It was, was yep. Uh, but the only other game that had that big of a spread was Kansas City and the Raiders. Okay. And the All Kansas right. City, it was the exact same spread. It was 12 points. Hold up, and hold up, hold up. That game had a very different outcome. Hold up. You and I both took the under we did. on that game, though. We did. Like, you and I both t- – I, I know you and I both took the over for the Cardinals-Jets, and we were right. Correct. And you and I both took – Oh, actually, no. I took the over on the Ravens. Yes. You did not. I did not like you're talking about, but those are the Raiders were not going into that game expected to win. Arizona was favored by double digits and, or no, Arizona was, uh, they were favored, Arizona was eight. favored by seven. It was eight, 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 seven, whatever. Sure. Whatever. They should have blown that team the fuck out of the water, but we'll get into that when we cover that game. And the fucking, the Ravens were favored by what? 12, 13, the Ravens 14. Okay, cool. Yeah, that twenty that twenty seven to three game. I every time they took 
red, the red zone channel back to that game. Like that was like, I'm going to go have a fucking cigarette. Cause this fucking game is boring as shit. Yeah. That, that was a very unexciting game. Uh, I mean, it, it, it was, it, it was kind of the, what I think most people would expect that game to be. I was expecting it to be because they were division rivals. I was expecting it to be played a little tighter, but the Ravens had the Ravens had their number. The Ravens gave uh, Cincinnati all, all sorts of issues. Joe Burrow had no response. The offensive line for Kansas City or for sorry for Cincinnati just got demolished. Both both just of the Joes, demolished. Both of the Joes felt the fucking heat. For yeah, the which was something that we had we had predicted would happen. Um, and you, you look at the Ravens too. Honestly, the Ravens aren't playing that well off. They're not. They, they're not. They're not. That, that's why it is so fucking boring. Yeah, they're dominating like, games by the with their defense. And I mean, when your defense gets you such great field position so many times, it gets all all, all those stops. Yeah, you're gonna eventually get points on the board, and that's kind of what happened in this game. Uh, it was looking like a shutout until the very end, which is um, when when they were able to punch through a, a field goal. So. All right, so that was your biggest takeaway. I already told you my biggest takeaway, so let's go over to what I was the most uh, correct about. Actually, you know what? I'm, I'm going to start with what I was, I was the most wrong about. Okay. Well, let's go. I want to go there. I'm, I'm, I'm saving for what I was most right about for later. Um, <laughs> and it was our, our home – it was our home teams. We were most right. This is me and you, and I was – we were wrong. Don't pull me in your wrong pick. Team, Don't right? pull me in your wrong pick. Fuck you. But I, I did pick the Niners to win. And I did pick the Bills to win. And those were our teams. Uh, but man, wow. <laughs> wow. We were so off the mark. It, it's not even funny. It was these games were so bad. So bad. If you're a Bills fan or a Niners fan. I don't even have the words to describe them that they were the both teams were favored to win. I think actually we don't really, I didn't have the bills Titans line uh, before our last podcast, but I, I imagine the bills were favored to win. I know the Niners were favored by eight and man, we were so wrong in picking both those teams to win. Cause they got blown out by, by three plus touchdown scores. Not talking about the 49ers until I get my allotted time during that segment. We will get to your Niners. I'll let you. I'll let you have your time with the Niners. <clears throat> um, but you know, I, I think that I, I had mentioned last week that Joe, sorry, that Josh Allen was really making progress, and I think that I do believe that overall he is making progress as, at being a better quarterback that has better judgment and is more mature, especially in the pocket. But he made me look like an idiot <laughs> yesterday. I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, man, like going through four games, had 15 passing touchdowns, one interception. And the one big question for Josh Allen was his turnovers Mm -hmm. in week one of this, of this season, he had the two fumbles in a win. Okay. Uh, But both, I won't even give, I, I won't, I won't dog him so much. On the first interception, yeah, he kind of threw it behind the receiver and it got bobbled up and Malcolm Butler was able to pick it off. That second interception to Malcolm Butler was so ugly. That was the Josh Allen of the last two years, trying to Mm -hmm. force the ball into situations, trying to make something happen. 
and it's just it was legitimately all Malcolm, all, all Malcolm, Malcolm Butler had to do was run two yards up, and it was right in his hands, and he didn't have anyone around him to try and contest the catch. Right. That, makes, like, that, that was ugly. It makes me believe that a team like the Bills, um, especially with a guy like Josh Allen, preparation is so big for them. And the, the Titans had, I think, two-plus weeks to prepare for this game. The Bills had a little over a week to prepare for this game. Uh, the edge for preparation went to the Titans. They clearly did a better job of, of preparing for the game. And it, it put Josh Allen on his heels. And I think when he can prepare for a game and has an equal amount of preparation as the other team, that's where we see his growth. When the other team cannot prepare him, that, that's where we still see the immaturity from him. You still see the, the, the youthful mistakes that he, he will sometimes make. Josh Allen didn't take advantage – of that Titans defense that most have been able to the going into that game last night, the Titans were the fourth worst third down efficiency defense Mm -hmm. fourth worst. And, and Buffalo found themselves in a lot of third and shorts. Correct. Like, so that speaks more to the game plan. Like, I understand you're missing, you know, your RB2 with – and even – I mean, fuck, even that. Like, those short, like, third one, third and one, third and twos, they weren't giving it Singletary. They were giving it to, to, to TJ Yeldon. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Like, I think that there could have been – They need Zach Moss back. Zach they, Moss being out is hurting them. Because well, he's their short yardage guy. He's he's their goal line guy. They, they need they need a, a running back that can go through the guards instead of outside the tackles. Devin Singletary is going to run outside the tackles every day. He'll do well there, but if you got to go between the tackles, you, you need Zach Moss, and they're more, missing that punch. More could have been done through either the passing game or Josh Allen using his legs um, in those short down situations. Um, it's it it was it was an ugly loss, man. They they got down early, and that wasn't something they got used to this season. Yeah. So, but we'll see how they how they rebound next week. All right, so let's move on here. You have done your biggest takeaway. You have done the thing you were most correct about. All right, what's your plate full of crow that you're gonna eat? I said it in our pilot podcast. I hate your fan base. I hate people that root for this team and squawk like they have something to fucking prove. Like their team has been shit for the last 25 years. The Browns are a top five team in this fucking NFL. Oh, top five. All right. Let's all get it. Before you go on, I'll let you go on. Top five. I mean, yeah, I, I get where you're going because I'm, I'm kind of wrong on that one too in that the Browns are a much better team yeah. than I thought okay. they were. But top five? I'll go top eight. Okay. Top eight. I, okay. can, I can give you that. Because I like, you're, you're also like saying that, also forgetting that there are two teams that are better than the Browns in their own division. Right. Dude. <sighs> Kevin Stefanski finally walked into this fucking Cleveland Brown job and went, holy shit, 
Baker Mayfield's not an elite quarterback, so I don't know why the fuck we're trying to win games with him when we have two, count them, mm-hmm. two mm-hmm. top ten running backs. Mm-hmm. We have two. Chubb is top three. That's undeniable. But even Chubb's out, whatever. Kareem Hunt is a top ten running back. You run that ball. You run that ball down their fucking throat. That opens up the play-action game. That's what makes Odell successful. That's what makes Austin Hooper an asset. That like Jarvis Landry's a great like PPR receiver. Like he'll get you short down game game and all that all that type of shit. You run that. You cannot expect to win a football game depending on Baker Mayfield. And that's that's not even that's that's not even a hot take. That's statistically proven. Correct. So I have a question for you. All right. What division is stronger? Because at, at the beginning of the year, we were both in agreement that the NFC West was the best division in football. The toughest, at least. You had the, the Seahawks, you had the Niners, the Rams, uh, and the Cardinals. Bad. Right? But the AFC North has the Steelers, Ravens, and Browns, all with at least three wins. And then the Bengals, which are one, what, one, three, and one now? One, three, and one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the Bengals are obviously the bottom feeder of both those both those divisions. But the AFC North is looking very top-heavy with three very, very solid teams. Um, three teams that you, you just said, based on what you said, top eight teams. Are they um, better? Is that division better? Than the NFC West. I'm only going to say yes right now because of how significantly depleted the 49ers are. You can't do like you. That's the one thing you cannot deny about that squad. What made them so successful last year? Their run game and their defense. What are they hurting on? Defense. They're two dot. I'm. I'm not even, yeah, I'm not even going to, their two top defensive edge rushers are out. The guys that they brought in to replace them are also out for the season. You've got Kwan Alexander now out four to six weeks. That's when you're, when you're starting linebackers, Dre Greenlaw missed two games. You're down to your fifth and sixth string cornerbacks. There's no room. You're, you're not going to be able to stop. And they're one of the worst third down fucking they are legitimately like at least after this after this week they're one of the worst third down defensive stop teams in the nfl um i'll get into my other problems with that fucking team a little bit later but um no i would give the edge because i I would say it'd be neck and neck if the 49ers were competitive and arizona didn't drop a game to the lions and the fucking Panthers, and then keep the Jets hanging in the balance. Right. The, the um, way I look at it is the Seahawks are possibly the best out of that bunch, but yeah. the Seahawks are in a top tier, and I'll put the Ravens and uh, the Steelers in that same tier. And then right after that, you have a team that's very the very good teams, which would be the Rams uh, and the Browns. And then after that, you have the team of okay teams, which I think is the Niners and 
the the Cardinals, and then below that you got you got the Bengals, who are obviously the bottom feeder of that whole bunch. I would um, I would go with the Seattle's in a, in, in a, a status of their own. They have the worst defense statistically. <laughs> they're the worst, but they're five and zero. Oh. They are on their own platform. That next tier, I would put Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and I would even I would even throw the Rams into that. You do you think though that if the Seahawks had played either the Steelers or the Ravens this year, they would still be undefeated? I don't know. Exactly. And so for that reason, I have a hard time putting the Seahawks in a tier all on their own. Because like you said, they have a bad defense. I actually wow. don't think it's the worst. I think statistically the the the, um, the Falcons and the Cowboys are worse. But I okay, mean, they're, so they're, that, they're would, that would make that would make them thirtieth. Right. They're 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 bottom feeder defense. Right. They're they're a bad bad defense. Great great offense. But I don't know that uh, they would be able to beat the Steelers or the Ravens, you know, every night. So I I look at that matchup with them versus either one of those two teams, and it's a 50-50 to me. So that's why, for me, they're in the same tier. But but regardless, um, we both Seattle. are giving the edge. We're Seattle. both are giving the edge to the AFC North. Yes? Seattle is the worst defense. Are they? Most yards given up. It's it's not even close because and they are getting they're they're giving just like the yards are giving up plenty of points too. So let's move on. We both agree AFC North currently is the best division in football. Yes. All right. So let's go to uh, what I was most correct about, and I'm I'm actually excited about this one. So it's uh it's a player that I had coming into the season was a big sleeper pick for me. And he is not disappointed. And even though he did work against my beloved Bills, this guy is fun to watch. And he is very talented. And he is a top five tight end. And that is Mr. Johnny Smith. He is a top five tight end. And I said he's going to eat against the Bills. And he absolutely went on a whole fucking buffet. You're right. Like he went to town multiple trips to the buffet table, had dessert a couple of times as well. This guy was a this guy was killing it. Johnny should never have been looked at like a sleeper pick. I agree. After, after last year. Um, so your take is wrong. Uh, my take is not wrong because uh, I took him in the 13th round. The 13th you got round, it. And that was actually higher. I took him higher. Than where his ADP was, which meant that across the country, people were sleeping on this dude, just going to sleep. Look, here's the thing: there. Have you heard your about the twenty-five? Putting, have you heard about the twenty-five-year rule for tight ends? Your argument is putting me to sleep. All right. Have you heard about the twenty-five-year rule? Year no, rule? No. For tight no. Ends? No. No. Okay. No. Which is that no tight end can be an elite tight end until they turn at least twenty-five. All right, and it's really held up for a vast majority of tight ends. You look it up, it's held up against a vast majority of tight ends. All right. And guess what John U did this summer? He turned 25. On top of that, 
He's in a contract year. All right. And then he proved himself to be an elite receiving option for Ryan Tannehill. Well, guess what he and Ryan Tannehill did after he had a connection with him last season, they played football all summer long while COVID was in effect. The signs were all over the place that John Smith was going to break out. And he has, and through four games, he has five touchdowns already. Huh? What? I'm sorry. I wasn't listening. That's not a sleeper pick. Fucking stop. Stop. Where'd you have him ranked last week? Uh, fuck. Where are my notes? He was top seven for me. He was. You're right. He, he was. was. Yeah. He was. He's yeah. not a sleeper pick. I understand what John New Smith, what his value is, not just in fantasy, but in the Tennessee Titans offense. He was not, after, after, if you, a year ago had said, boy, gee, Willie, you better listen to this bald guy. John Smith is on the up and up. Everybody watch out, guys. You would have been right. <laughs> you would have been fucking right. But now, no, it's not a sleeper. He's a sleeper to most of the country. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to get him in the 13th If you keep round. coming with these boring-ass takes, you're going to put the fucking French people to sleep. Let's knock it off. <laughs> All right, uh, Tyler, you have given us your your biggest takeaway. You have given us what you were most right about. You've eaten crows, so have I. So that does it for this segment. Next up, we're going to look at our report card, and we're going to let you guys know exactly how we did. So stick around. I was more. Welcome back, football fans. It's time to go over the report card. So we're going to go game by game. For those of you who uh, did not hear the last one. Uh, the last time we did this, uh, here is how the report card works. So we're going to go through each game. For every game, both myself and Tyler predicted who would win and whether or not they would cover uh, the difference, right? So if we predicted both who covered and who won, we got an A. If we predicted one or the other, it's a C. If we got everything wrong, then it's an F, okay? And we went ahead and made a GPA system report card out of this, meaning that if we got an A, that's four points on the GPA, a C is two points on the GPA, and an F is zero. So let's start with the first game, and that was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Chicago Bears. How do you think we did on that one? Tyler? No, we both got we both got Fs on this. Oh, this okay. was, yeah, no, that was terrible. Uh, yeah. yeah it, it, yeah, we. I, I'm pretty sure we covered most of this game already. Um, yeah, lackluster on both sides of the ball for pretty much both teams. So yeah, yeah, they they limped their way to a like you look on paper and so it's a one point game. It should be a good game. No, this was this was not horrible. Horrible. This was not an exciting game whatsoever. Um, so let's go ahead and move on. Panthers and Falcons. Panthers. Uh, they were underdogs by one point. Falcons were favored. We both took the Falcons at over and, and we both got F's. We both, we fucked up two games in a row. Yes. <laughs> it was looking real dicey, but Hey, we hit a little bit of a hot streak coming up here. Um, and I don't know. Do you want to say anything about the Panthers and Falcons? Okay. Well, let uh, me say this. The Panthers looking better than anyone thought they would be. 
They're not um, their wins aren't quality, like super quality wins, but they're still three and two. And I don't think many people thought them thought they'd be three and two at this point in the season with no, McCaffrey out. You're right. And uh I, I I'd like to I'm gonna re- reserve my uh my judgment on this team being at three and two uh until after next week when they are facing a quality Chicago defense. Now the Falcons losing this game, they dropped to zero and five. Which, given the quality of their offense, I know that overall they're not a great team, right? But given the quality of their offense, it's it is a bit hard to see zero and five. Many people predicting that. I don't. I don't think many people thought they would be there. I don't. Obviously, this led to their their head coach getting fired. Do you think this move came? At the right time, too late or too soon? Too late. Too late. When would you have gotten rid of him? Honestly, at the end of last season. Um, I think this 0-5 start is just the – it's the icing on the cake as to why Dan Quinn should have been fired. And they got rid of the GM too. So that should right go ahead – that, that should let Falcons fans know. Don't be surprised if you see some dramatic moves coming in the next couple of weeks. I, I personally would not be surprised if I saw Julio Jones get traded. I would not. Because when you're looking at a team who in 2016 was in the fucking Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and you have an, an abysmal downfall, you, you start looking at your, your, your high salary cap assets calvin ridley has proven that he, he 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 can be a top tier receiver julio is commanding a large chunk of that salary cap i would not be surprised to see julio moved to a super bowl contender before the deadline um i'm also going to go ahead and say that matt ryan will probably not be uh an atlanta falcon next year that's a big take. I mean, I don't know about that, but it, it is possible. I, I definitely see where you're getting at. He, he makes one, too much money. He one thing that, money. that gets me is that they what, – what is their strongest position currently? Wide receiver. Wide right. receiver. What has been their strongest position? Wide receiver. Right. What, what did they draft? <laughs> wide receiver. More wide receiver. They they are so like hell bent on getting a stable of wide receivers. It, it it's crazy to me because you don't need a, a thousand wide receivers if your your team can hold a lead. If yeah, you can stop all... the other team on the other side of the ball, you don't need all those wide receivers. They're almost the exact opposite version of the Green Bay Packers. How so? I mean, you go, even going into this year's draft, yeah, you have Aaron Jones, you have Devontae Adams, but you need more skill players. Mm-hmm. What did they do? Trade up in the first round to take a quarterback. <laughs> Look at Aaron Rodgers now. And in the second round, took a running back. Like, yeah. bro, they are going out of their way to say, fuck you, Aaron Rodgers. And he that, is that running back. The, okay, the, the quarterback pick, I didn't love it. Okay, I didn't like it. But I, I, I understood the logic behind it. Like, I, I got the thought process. I don't agree with it, but I understood it. If that was Running a pun, back in the second round, that was mind-boggling. If that was a pun, that quarterback in the first round, I didn't love it. 
if that was a punt because it's Jordan Love. I... That wasn't that was unintentional, but I appreciate you picking up on. No, I I did not mean that. Douche. I, I... <laughs> but but if I had thought about it, I would have done it the same way. Like I wouldn't have taken it back. So sure. yeah, okay. Yeah. But okay, but what I really don't get was the running back in the second round. Because I didn't they either. already have Aaron Jones and they already have one of the best backup running backs in Jamal Williams. Yep. It made no sense to get another running back in there with a second round pick. Like if you want to have a third add depth to it in case one of those guys goes down and you still want to have two viable running back options. All right, fine. Take one in the fourth or fifth round. In the second round? Yeah, no, that was horrible. And they weren't horrible. like late second round either this was like nope. the top half of the second round nope and especially with the defense that lost to blake martinez and free agency to the right. to the new york giants like right. you have multiple positions you need to address why would you go running back right I, boggles my mind anyway i think we were talking about the falcons and the panthers we got a little off script there <laughs> no we were but you you uh, i made a point and yes you, you did engaged okay next so, yes. All right. So let's go to Cardinals and Jets. And finally, we started turning the corner and getting some games correct. Uh, we we predicted the the Cardinals would win. They would cover. Uh, they were favorites by seven points. They did cover. They covered by 20, I believe. I think the score was 30, 30 to, 10. to 10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And right. we both got one that, that one correct. I don't know. This game wasn't like very exciting at all. This game was so fucking boring. Okay. Outside of the little seven-yard scamper that Kenyon Drake had in the fourth quarter for a touchdown, this game proved the argument as to why Chase Edmonds should have more fucking volume in this offense. Yes. Especially in the run game. Yes. Here's your your stat line right here. Kenyon Drake, 18 carries for 60 yards for one touchdown. on, and, And it was in the fourth quarter. Like, mm-hmm. that Jets defense was depleted, tired, we got it. Chase Edmonds, three carries, 36 yards, and a touchdown. His first carry was a 29-yard touchdown. Like, wh- how are you not getting this guy more involved? And then you look at him in the passing game. Five catches for six fucking t- on six targets for 56 yards. Kenyon Drake had one catch for two yards on one target. Kenyon Drake is not the guy. Chase Edmonds should be getting more fucking volume in this offense. Right. I, I agree. I, I I do not understand why they're sticking with Kenyon Drake. We we had talked about it last week. Um that if Kenyon Drake didn't didn't shell out that this would that we thought it would it would switch over to a Chase Edmonds offense. It very well still could. Um, it very well could it won't. next week. But it won't. but here's why. Right. That's that's seven yards that bullshit. Fucking seven-yard scamper touchdown in the fourth quarter is what's going to save Kenyon Drake for another week. It's mind-boggling. I, I don't understand that. The Jets, uh, I mean, do you have anything to say about them other than they are absolutely awful? Possibly they're the worst aw- team? Well, they're awful. Uh, not only that, they ate a shitload of money in dead money by releasing Le'Veon Bell yesterday. And they absolutely uh, did. They retained their head coach, though, which uh, Adam Gase is... For another week. For another week. Well, which, why? Like, what What did they show this week that made you think, yeah, let's keep him on another week? 
What what because does it show? There's there's something within. I, it's got to be something I within don't the organization. Get it. It's got it's it's something within the organization of like, oh well, you had disgruntled players that you didn't want on your roster that got brought in and before the GM got and then the GM got fired and now you're stuck with a player who you didn't want like Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, I know that their Le'Veon new GM kept popping off on social media. Right. And, and, and it was finally enough to where they're like, fuck you. We'll eat like $28 million in dead money. That, that is, that is an insane cap hit, but I know their new GM, he, he's all about he, he, what he's preached at least is that he's all about establishing a strong culture. I'm going to tell you right now, that's not going to happen while Gase is the head coach. No. This guy has never been popular with his locker room, ever. And you've already got – look at all the players that have left there. I mean, between Jamal Adams and Le'Veon Bell alone, those are two high-caliber athletes that can't stand the guy. And whether or not they were right or wrong in their their, uh, assumption – of the quality of Adam Gase as a head coach, which I, I believe they're right. But I mean, regardless, their reputation across the league is going to be way more impactful than anything Adam Gase can say to other free agents coming and looking at the New York Jets. I, I do not see any reason to keep him around any longer. He should have been fired last year. He should have been fired week one, week two, week three, week four, week five, and he is still around at least uh, up until now for week six. In that argument, I give Jamal Adams more credit. Uh, credibility as far as like his v- perception of the character of the coach um, than I do Le'Veon Bell because Le'Veon Bell has looked like absolute garbage since his last season in, in Pittsburgh. Like you can say, you can sit there and pop off on social media about how you're not getting touches and you're not being used right in the offense. Well, guess what, buddy? You haven't made he had damn near, if not more than 400 touches last season. What did he turn it into? It was like three. Nothing. Nothing is the answer Yeah. for what you were getting paid. Yeah. No shit. Your fucking workload's getting cut. Yeah. 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 No, he, he, he was bad. The car, the, the Cardinals be a very bad team is what it came down to. And everyone's going to, do you see, do you see the Jets winning this year? Winning a game? Yeah. Like, when are they going to win their first game? Not in their division. They're not beating the Bills. They're not beating the Dolphins. They're not beating the Patriots. Well, they got the Dolphins next week. Yeah, the Dolphins are going to – the Dolphins Oh, my God. They have, to, they have to play the Chiefs. Come on. That's, that's, that's just not even fair. No, I could easily see this team going on 16. Yeah, they, they might get that. Yeah. They might get that. All right, let, let's move on. Next game, Eagles and Steelers. So we had the Steelers. They were seven-point favorites. We both picked them to cover. Yep. Now, you thought they, was just, they were going to walk away with this one. And I said, and I thought about making this a thing I was right about, that the Eagles have found a pulse. And it was a two-point game with four minutes left. What was the final score? Uh, the Steelers 38 to 29. Steelers by nine. But the point is, the Eagles played them a lot tougher than anyone thought they would. 
The Steelers still did, though, what better teams do, and they pulled out the win. And they found it from an unexpected place, which was Chase Claypool, who by we know his name now. We we struggled <laughs> to remember his name last week, but we know his name now. I said it. You said Claypool. We know it's Chase Claypool. And first of all, and, and, and you had to look it up. You had to look it up. No, I did not look it up. Ah, I said, looked it no, up. yeah, you looked it I, up. Dude, I, I put it, it on. We, yeah. I, I put it on both of my non-working testicles that I had. I pulled Claypool out my motherfucking ass. I mean, congratulations on on betting something on things that don't work. I don't. But, but that means nothing. Your non-working testicles. I don't give a fuck about those. The point is. Chase, Cla- Chase Claypool, everyone in the league has been put on notice about what this guy can do. Uh, now, going through the Steelers' receivers, uh, who do you think are their best? Who, who is – go? give me a rundown of their uh, depth chart there. Hello. Hi. All right. We had some technical difficulties there. Let's recap this. I said, going through the Steeler receivers, give me a rundown of what you think should be the depth chart. Uh, I think honestly, it should remain where remain where it is. Um, Juju at one. <clears throat> yep. Deontay at two. Let Claypool. Let him fly under the radar. Let him run through the slot. You don't have the game that he did and fly under the radar. Chase Claypool is one of the cleanest fucking route runners that's come out of college in their rookie years. Like one of like since I've started watching football, Mm -hmm. like that his his routes are so fucking clean. It is not even fucking close. I will admit, the Eagles played this game a lot closer than I anticipated. Um, I was very down on Miles Sanders, and the only thing that saved Miles Sanders was a 74-yard touchdown, which is not not very not very known for the Steelers front seven to uh, turn around and give up. He did have another punch in from uh, from the one-yard line. Uh, right. So I mean, he turned out a very uh, he turned out a top 10 uh, uh, fantasy running back game, which great for him. He was still 11 for 80. So, I mean, that, that'll let you know. One was 74 and one was one yard. So the but the volume like, isn't there for him. It's, no, it's got to be concerning if you're a Miles Sanders owner. Like you are really hoping that he, he hits on a, on a home run. The volume simply isn't there. And you're hoping he hits on that home run. If it hit against a Steelers defense, you can just go ahead and bet that this is probably the one maybe or the two that he's going to get through this year. It was, he was a, he was yeah, a no. big fade for me through, through, through the fucking fantasy drafts. Like he had, he had a ADP, late first round early mm-hmm. second round and mm-hmm. it's just it, that it, that shit is not there right um yeah i was i was surprised at how close this game was 
the Steelers still pulled it out, which is what we thought they would do. We yep. both uh, predicted them to cover. They did. We both got A's on that one. Okay. So let's move on. Let's move on to the next game, which was the Rams and the Washington football team. Yeah. Yeah. So this one, we were, I know we had a little bit of a hard time. We, we still took the Rams at over. They covered the seven point spread. Yep. Uh, and they did. That's what we picked them to do. And that's what they did. But we were a little hesitant about, about going that direction just because not so much of the Washington football team, but because of what the uh, Rams had done the previous week against the Giants, and they barely squeaked out a win in that one. So here's the only thing I'm going to say about this game, and uh, I wasn't impressed by anything the Rams did. I don't care that they won by 20. It was against the football team. Um, the only thing I took away from this game was it was, it was nice to see, like, it was it, almost heartwarming to see Alex Smith. Yeah. Who, you know, drafted by the Niners in 04, sucked ass until 2011. But going through that horrific leg injury two years ago, Hadn't started a game till 2018. He like through all the surgeries, the infections and all that shit to see him be able to walk out onto a football field and be able to take a snap under center that like that, that was, I, I, I have a hard, sometimes I have a hard time rooting for other teams other than my own, but it was nice to, it, it was humbling for me to be able to look at him and go, I, I'm rooting for you, dude. Like I like, Good for you. And, and your family's in the fucking stands, dude. Go have a day. Even though Aaron Donald took no mercy on that ass and jumped straight on his back on the second fucking snap. Oh, that was rough. He went for a piggyback ride. That was rough. Dude. And that it didn't get any it didn't get any easier. No, no. Fucking, he got sacked fucking he got sacked six times. Yeah, he got I, I think the biggest win, that game. The biggest win came from the fact that he went out there and didn't get re-injured. I think yeah, he was the able to walk away from it. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, the, the Rams uh, defensively at least were dominant. Uh, I did not think that they were going to throw downfield much at all. They did have a nice connection to Robert Woods for, I think yep. it was a 56-yard pass. Yep. So they did open up a little bit, even though it was uh, bad weather conditions. Uh, the Rams were the better team. They look like the better team. Nothing crazy here. The only, no. you know, the only thing that again we, we had looked at was well, the Rams were so bad last week against the Giants. Well, what again? What are they going to do this week? And they turned in the performance that they should have turned in. Yeah. So let's go ahead and go to the next one: Ravens and Bengals. Uh, this was just wow. This was an ugly game. We talked about it earlier. Yeah. I we covered this game enough in the first segment. Yeah. Uh this was a very boring game to watch. Um, it also lets me know that outside of Mark Andrews, uh Lamar Jackson's not super comfortable going to anybody else in like a third down type of situation or a red zone situation. Well, he was hitting Marcus Brown quite a bit, but not in those saying. situations. Mark, Mark Andrews is still his guy on those crunch downs. Yeah, but if you were watching that game and you were watching the highlights, Lamar Jackson had some ugly ass, ugly ass throws. 
uh, fucking oh my ugly mm-hmm. targeting both Marquise or Mark or Mark Andrews. Mm-hmm. Like he's showing that he can still get he he can still be frazzled in the pocket if you send enough people his way. Yeah. So that's why I I don't I yeah I I have a hard even with the amount of fucking star power they have on that team I'm still out of on them as the Super Bowl favorite. Out of the Their defense look good though. Their defense look great, but I mean it's against against the Bengals, a, so against a rookie quarterback and a, a terrible O line. I that I I can't. I, I there's no argument to be made there. None. That th- this was this was the first team since the Browns in Week One that the Ravens have beat up on, and I'm using air quotes. Beat up on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, they have not looked impressive at all this year. So let's go ahead and go to the last game before we take a break here. Uh, and it is going to be your time to take over for a little while. Cause you know, what game I'm talking about. I thought, I thought we were going to have a break before this. No, 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 my friend, this is, this is your time to shine 49ers and the dolphins. Uh, oh, by the way, for, for the listeners keeping track, uh, I predicted the Ravens were going to take the under. We're going to win, but uh, not cover. Tyler predicted the Ravens were going to win and cover. I got a C, two points. Uh, Tyler got the A, the full four-point GPA there. But moving on, Niners, Dolphins. Take it away, Tyler. Okay. If anybody, if anybody needed any reason as to why, You need to see any type of fucking proof that Jimmy Garoppolo was not the fucking guy. Guess what? Week five against the fucking Dolphins was it. That was it. I'm not buying in to this Kyle Shanahan backtracking type of bullshit that, oh, well, no, we pulled him at halftime due to safety. You know, it's health issues and not, you know, oh, well, no, no, it, it wasn't about his play, even though he was seven for 17 for fucking 77 yards and two interceptions. Both interceptions, mind you, thrown into b- double coverage. He, that Garoppolo could have finished at least with three or four interceptions. He threw this motherfucker threw into quadruple coverage, which in my life, I'm 29. I've never seen that shit in my life. George Kittle has four dudes on him, and he still tried to get him the ball. How fucking st- no Garoppolo dude Garoppolo is not the fucking guy. He's not. This man's make $23.8 million this season to get replaced at halftime by CJ Beathard. Fucking no. He's not the dude. This man is not the guy. I don't give a fuck. He- you look at the 49ers. You, you look at what their brand of football was last year during their Super Bowl run. Was it Jimmy Garoppolo standing in the pocket delivering throws? Nope. Was it Jimmy Garoppolo being able to evade pressure and roll out and make things happen outfield? Absolutely a fuck not. It was the fucking run game with the run scheme set up by Kyle Shanahan with the O-line, including George Kittle and Kyle Juszczyk. And it was that dominant fucking defense. 
what are they missing this year? D Ford does not play another snap for the 49ers. They were missing Dre Greenlaw for two games. Quan Alexander, guess what? High ankle sprain, four to six weeks, probably fucking out. You're missing Richard Sherman since week one, and he had a setback, so he's out at least another three weeks. You're down to fifth and sixth string cornerbacks. A, a, a guy named Brian Allen, who I never heard of in my fucking life, but mind you, was the 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 quotation of one of my favorite tweets of the weekend by by Matthew Barry. One of the Niners correspondents hops on Twitter and goes. Niners cornerback Brian Allen is now benched sitting on the sideline by the Gatorade cooler by himself. And Matthew Berry retweets and re and puts a tweet with it that says, that says Brian, uh, uh, the Gatorade cooler just broke loose for a 42 yard reception. Brian, fuck that shit, dude. If you're a 49er fan, dude, lose all hope for this season. The revenge tour 2020 is not happening. And it's not solely because of Garoppolo. Look at everybody they're missing. This last week was the first time the 49ers saw Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Raheem Mostert, and Jimmy Garoppolo on the field. The first time this season. And I'm out on Garoppolo. I don't give a fuck. Kyle Shanahan backtracking all his statements. Well, it was, it was, if he wasn't 100%, why the fuck would you put him out there? Why? There were plenty of there were plenty of fucking video cuts to you through that first half where Garoppolo would make a mistake or overthrow or underthrow or fucking throw wide to somebody and you were Kyle Shanahan you you were caught on camera shaking your head. You don't believe in Garoppolo either, and that's fine. Cut him; <clears throat> he's too expensive to be a, a backup quarterback next year. There's plenty of avenues to approach. I'm assuming you will have a high draft pick next year. And because there's only one game left on the schedule that I believe you would be even favorited in. And that is against the Washington football team, because mind you, they have to play the Seahawks twice. They have to play the Rams twice. They have to play the Cardinals again on the road. They got the Patriots, the Packers, the saints, the bills on Monday night football. It's over. It is over. We have all the pieces tank. Get a fucking quarterback and let's fucking try again next year. Thank you, DC. I am done. So I know that uh, we had agreed before you were going to take the Niners. I was going to take the Bills game. I could ask one question, correct? Yes. All right. So last year, when the Niners were going through the run, I had made the statement, which I repeated multiple times. You already know where oh, I'm going. Oh, God. With you man. already know. You already know. Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Can we yes, just end is. it there? Yes, Thank he is. You. Thank you. Yeah, he is. No, you're right. What, what, okay, but but here's the question. Would the Niners have won last year in the Super Bowl? In the Super Bowl? Ryan Tannehill. Uh, no. No. I still think that would have been a Chiefs victory. Even though he overthrew his guy on like. I saw Ryan Tannehill overthrow two of his guys multiple times last night. Uh, no, I, I still think it would have been a Chiefs victory. I I have caved to you enough. 
fuck face. <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for this segment. Next segment, we're going to cover the second slate of games, and we're going to talk about how we scored on those. So stick around. All right. It's time to start our second half of Fine. the report card. And we're going to be looking at uh, the next oh slate of games. And again, I don't really have any rhyme or reason for when we're doing the games, when we're just going off the spreadsheet. So Tyler, uh, first game we're going to talk about here is the Cowboys. Excuse me. Sorry. It's the Colts and the Browns. Yep. Now, yeah. Now this team, this game was, there was no, there was no underdog, no overdog. It was, it was even at least when we placed uh, our predictions. And again, when, when we're making our predictions, we're not going off the line of when, when, where it was during the kickoff. We're going off the line of where it was when we made the predictions. Yep. So it was even. I took the Colts. You took the Browns. The Browns won. So congratulations. You got the A. I got, I took the F. There Thank was you. no getting a C in this one. Uh, so tell me, tell me a little more about the Browns. Um, Stefanski, we covered this. A little bit earlier, Stefanski has realized that Baker Mayfield is not that once-in-a-generation type fuck quarterback. Um, you can't win by him throwing the ball and depending on him to make the plays. It's statistically proven throughout Baker Mayfield's career. Um, it's all about getting the ball in into the hands of your running backs. It's about playing solid defense on the opposite end, but we saw a little bit of bit of we saw a little bit of both. Cause while the the Browns won by nine points, mm-hmm. they also Baker Mayfield also also had two touch uh, or uh, two interceptions. Mm-hmm. So it was it's kind of the ebb and flow kind of showing you that like they need to be focusing more into their run game setting up the pack pay oh, Play action play. Oh my god. Play action pass play where Baker Mayfield is most successful in the pass game. He had two touchdowns, but those two interceptions are glaring, even against a, a solid defense like the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, I'm I want to say this right now. Is as good as the Browns have been, if they're in a game and they're behind. And they have to pass the ball. They're not coming back. This is a they're team not winning that game. That's meant to to establish a lead and hold the lead. And they will be good at doing that. They will not be a team that can play from behind. At least I don't see it yet. No, um, the Colts very similar actually. I think they they have a great defense. Great defense. They have a fairly strong running game. Their passing game is leaving a lot to be desired, at least up until this point. So the Colts are another team that's going to struggle to come from behind. I feel like you had two teams that have a very similar structure. Uh, the Browns got the better of this one because, quite frankly, they had the better run game. And you can make the case as to why the Colts are – like Phillip Rivers is what is holding the Colts hostage so far in the, in the winning percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, because the Colts, the Colts offense is not built around a gunslinger who is is willing to throw the ball into harm's way, which is what Phillips Philip Rivers is. 
uh, they're a run first and play solid defense type type of a team. And Philip Rivers is not used to that, at least since the days of like LT and stuff like that. Yeah, he, he hasn't looked great. His receivers haven't looked great. I think them losing Paris Campbell early in the season has hurt him a little bit. But T.Y. Hilton has obviously has not been the same T.Y. Hilton we're used to seeing. He had his best game of the season last week, and I think he had like 68, 69 yards, something like that. They're a team that's struggling as far as as far as on the offensive side of the ball uh, when the run game isn't going. They, they rely heavily on the running backs, and that's that's going to be their identity this year. Now, if you can get yeah, ahead in games, that's left. not a bad thing. But if you get if you're playing from behind, you're you're going to struggle. Yeah, Ty's left a lot to be desired. Um, he was he was somebody that a lot of people in, in, in fantasy drafts was taking as like with expectations as like a solid wide receiver too. Um, he didn't put up those numbers. I, I, injuries regarded even to last season. Um, he's just, he's shown that he's not someone that either Joby Jacoby Brissett or Phillip rivers has trusted up to this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He, uh, he, he and Andrew luck had a special connection and he has not been able to rebuild that connection with anyone. Uh, and, and I don't know that he ever will. That'll be very interesting to see, but, but. What we can say for sure is the Browns were the better team. Um, they they had they had the better run game. I think that's what it really came down to. They had the better run game, uh, and and Baker Mayfield, for as questionable as he can be, for as dicey of a pick as he is at quarterback, the one thing he does have, which is important if you're going to run play action, is mobility. He does have mobility. That's going to buy him enough time when the run game is working to to buy himself what he needs to make a, a decent throw on play action. Now, if you're stepping back in the pocket with him, we already talked about this. If you're stepping back, stepping back in the pocket, and you expect him to make a, a to make a read and to make a throw within three seconds, you're, you're going to lose the game. Mobility only works if you have awareness of the defense. And that's where Baker Mayfield strongly lacks. He, that man, except for in play action, except in play action, double, triple coverage a lot. Yes. Oh, no, you're, I mean, you're, you're right. But even, but you can only run play action so much, right? 247. If the, if the run game's working, because the run right. game wasn't honestly that fantastic this week with Nick Chubb out. Kareem Hunt, 20 mm-hmm. carries for 72 yards, averaging 3.6 a carry. Mm-hmm. Uh, D- uh, whatever, Johnson, 8 for 32. Um, you know, the run game was not that fantastic this week for the Browns. And I won't say it's so much of them. It, it's, it, it's more of a glaring aspect of them hurting – for Nick Chubb, I think it was more of them facing a top five running defense. Yes. Even missing their two core linebackers. Um, I would look for Kareem Hunt to have a much bigger week in week six. Yes, I agree. Uh, I think he's going to have a great week next week. I, I do. I do think that. 
So let's go ahead and move on to the next game. Oh, uh, shit. Maybe not. Maybe not. They play the Steelers. And Oh, oh yeah. No, I misread the schedule. Yes, yeah. Steelers will not be <laughs> – that will not be an easy matchup. Although, that, that being said, never know with division rivalries. Um, You're right. You're right. These games could play out closer than they can. And if the – if that game does play out close, it's because Kareem Hunt did something awesome. Yeah, you're right. So let's go to the Giants and Cowboys. And before we get into this game, uh, I'm, I'm just going to say Cowboy fans, I, I have always hated the Cowboys. Like They're a team that I have despised my entire life. That being said, uh, this Sunday was one of those moments where it doesn't matter if you like a team, hate a team. Well, when you saw what happened to Dak Prescott, you had to feel for him. And I know that watching him and I, okay, so I'm going to say right now, I have him on my fantasy team. So it was hard for me watching that, but that that's not important. That That's not important at all because what was important was the fact that there was a guy who was out there doing his best to get it, to, to get his team a win. And he is gone for the season now. And I will say right now, watching, watching that live, watching the way that his team and even the other team realized it was a serious injury. They were, they were standing around him watching. They were giving him a support as he was being carted off. That was a very emotional moment. And I felt emotions like I was feeling teary eyed and it wasn't anything to do with my fancy team. It had everything to do with the fact that this man is gone for the year. He is, he is done done for the year and he was putting everything he was putting everything on the line for that team whether you love him hate him think he's great think he's terrible he was doing everything he could to get this cowboys team wins throughout the season he was playing his heart out all year and to see him go down like that it was just gut-wrenching um i mean i i, I agree with you uh wa- watching the the reaction of the Cowboys fans. I'm in the same boat as you, man. Like, yeah, I was, I was born in 91. My dad raised me to to hate the Cowboys for good reason. Like Mm -hmm. bitter foes throughout the eighties and the nineties. Um, a lot of the criticism on this is laying at the feet of Jerry Jones though. And, I don't agree with it at all. Okay. I don't because Jerry Jones was offering, I think the last, there was like 34 to 35 million a year for yeah, Dak. No, it, the, the contract situation is, is a whole nother story, right? I mean, it's, uh, it's something it, that we it, can get into in, in, in the off season. No, um, but it plays into it with how big of a story this was. And then yeah. Dak signing that 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 franchise tag. Like I feel for Dak. Like I, I will be totally honest with you. This is the first time I felt bad. I don't feel bad for Cowboy fans because they're nauseating. I don't. I, but I felt horrible for Dak. Right. It's just like, dude. I'm like, you're going out there doing everything you can do mm-hmm. on a team that is great offensively and horrible on the defensive side. <laughs> One thing that stood out to me was you, you saw the reaction, not of the Cowboy fans, but of the Cowboy players. Oh, and yeah. They were, they were I mean, they were stunned. You, yeah. There was a shot of, I think it was Michael Gallup, who was just in 
disbelief over what's going on. You saw Zeke, Zeke, who who many people feel is the engine for that Cowboys offense, but even Zeke was standing there in just utter shock of what was going on. And I felt like that that right there, watching the way the Dallas Cowboy players react, because they know Dak better than anyone else, and they understand the game of football as far as it comes to their team and what it requires for their team to win better than anyone else the way they reacted it tells you everything you need to know about how much Dak meant to this team and how much Dak was the heart and soul of that team this is not a Zeke led team this was a Dak Prescott team you're 100 percent right and what what I actually took more into account outside of the Cowboys reacting and the fans that were allowed in the stands reacting. It was, it, it was the, the, the New York giants, like better foe division mm-hmm. rivals coming mm-hmm. up. Daniel Jones saying like all this, that, that little salute that Dak tossed to, 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 the, to that sideline, even uh, um, Jason Garrett, who is the offensive coordinator. Yeah. Giants. Now yeah. him rushing out when Dak went down and yeah. he's standing side by side with Mike McCarthy. Like, yes. That was, that was a touching moment, but at the same time, he inherited this risk. He inherited this risk. You are talking about a team that has so much money invested into the offensive and defensive side of the ball. You're talking about, a world we live in with the pandemic that we're going through, that cap is going down. He's offering 35 million a year. That is more than, that's more than fair for a Dak Prescott. He's not a Patrick Mahomes. He's not a Lamar Jackson. He's not. He's not. He may, he may not be the, the discussion of his, of his salary can, can wait until another time. Well, what we can agree on is that 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 is a tremendous loss for the Cowboy team. Oh, it's heartbreaking um, for the Cowboys team, and and, and they're going to feel it. And and you got to feel for Dak. Uh, you, I, he, there's so many what ifs, right? What absolutely. if he had slid, you know, two yards earlier? What if he had signed that contract extension? So many what ifs there. Yep. Um, but what we do know for sure is the Cowboys lost Dak for the season, and they also beat the Giants in a game that was closer than it should have been. And also, I believe, um, and this isn't a shut on Dak. It's it's merely an, an testament as to how bad their division is. I could even with Andy Dalton, I could still easily see them making the playoffs. I agree, um, Cowboy fans. I, I you know I was thinking this earlier. Actually, this is actually uh, my my my. It was almost my biggest takeaway. Cowboy fans, your team might still win the division. You won't, you're not going to have a winning record, but you might still win the division. Yeah, it's 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 not something to to brag about. You could go seven and nine and win this fucking division, mm-hmm. um, but that's not the point. At, at this point, it's prayers up for Dak. Fucking, yeah. I, I I would I the the dude's a fucking warrior, man. Like, like I I hope he makes the uh, a speedy and healthy recovery and can make it back onto the football field by next season. I do too. Um, definitely best wishes, prayers go out to Dak Prescott, his family, and all the supporters. Um, we want to see nothing but the best from them. So let's go ahead and move on to the next game. Uh, Vikings, Seahawks. Seahawks were favored by seven. 
Uh, oh, and by the way, before I, before I do go on, my bad. Um, we had both talked about the uh, Cowboys winning the game. We both had thought that they would cover. The spread and was eight and a half points. They did not they cover, did not. so we both got C's. Uh, Viking Seahawks. So here we had we had differed. You thought the Seahawks would not cover but would win. Mm-hmm. I thought the Seahawks would cover and win. You ended up being correct. Yes, sir. Yeah. You talk about a you talk about a porous Seattle defense. Oh. Or like they dead last against the pass say what you want about Kirk Cousins but when Kirk Cousins has two viable options in the passing game yeah there that team is going to put up numbers it took Justin Jefferson a a couple of weeks to come on Mm -hmm. but there's no doubt about Thielen there's no doubt and and guess what there's no doubt about Justin Jefferson either Justin Jefferson is going to be arguably the steal of this first round Correct. Like the dude has come the fuck all the way out, dude. Like, yes, he is. Uh, he is playing some some insane ball right now. He, he he is such a deep threat. He is such a good. He's a good route runner too. Yes, he is. He's a very complete package as a receiver. Good hands, good routes, good speed. Very complete package as a receiver. Yep, and, and you saw it this week, like, you're talking about how we talked about with, uh, with the Vikings when they lost Diggs, and Thielen was struggling to start off. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, like, Thielen just needs someone to take the, take the pressure off of him. Well, in this game, last week, Jefferson went for, like, like eight catches for 175 yards and two touchdowns. I believe that's my best guessment. Jefferson only went three for 23 on five targets, but Thielen went nine for 80 on two scores and 13 targets. Mm -hmm. It's going to be one of the other because you have to focus in on one of the two and the other one's going to burn you. Exactly. You can't look at a a bad game by Justin Jefferson anymore as, as him not showing up. You have to look at it as, okay, the defense is understanding what he can do, respecting him. And now that means they have to decide, between am I gonna we're we gonna double on one or the other or are we gonna just play single single coverage on both? Like you can't dedicate all your resources to two receivers. You gotta pick one or the other. Um or you, you don't overcommit at all. And I think that's what happened this week. They they didn't overcommit at all and you saw Adam Phelan get his. Yep. Yeah, you're absolutely right. A second receiver is such a big deal. You, people do not understand this enough. You can have a Randy Moss. If you don't have a Chris Carter next to him, Randy Moss ain't going to get the same numbers. Yeah. And I mean, the counter argument, well, I mean, some people would make the counter argument, even though he is hobbled by injury, is a Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley type of figure. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, well, Cal- Calvin Ridley outside of one week was able to eat, but, you know, Julio, while he was healthy, was able to also put up stats in that same in that same span, it's like you also have to realize the Falcons are playing from behind. Like right. dudes are dudes are not sitting in, in, in press man to man coverage. They're sitting right. in zone or three man deeps. Like they're exactly. they're, al- they're allowing that under sh- uh, that, that 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 under fucking shit game. Like right. 
you know, there, there's three teams in, in, in the league that stand out as far as being able to support multiple receivers, right, in fantasy. And that's, the to me, for at least, it's the Seahawks, it's the Cowboys, and it's the Falcons. So what do they have in common? Well, yes, they have good quarterbacks. That That's one thing, okay? Uh, but, but more than that, they all have bad defenses. Yeah. They need to put up points to win games or to at least come back in games. And... And when you have good offense with bad defense, you're going to be able to sustain two receivers uh, in fantasy because as, as far as relevancy goes, because they need to throw the ball so much more. You know how sad, you know how sad it is that you couldn't make that same case for the Browns, even though they've had a a top tier one, two punch for the last two seasons. Yeah. It speaks a lot about Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I know. I'm a Browns hater, but fuck off. No one cares. <laughs> All right. So the Seahawks, they won that game. It was very close. Anything you got to say about the Vikings? Um, if nothing else, dude, like they've got the offensive side of the ball figured out. It's not, How did they not win this game? Because they, they their defense is porous. Like, yeah, I get I get it. You're playing. It, you also got to remember who's playing quarterback. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is not a prime time guy. Never has been. Never fucking will be. I think you've got to figure it out. You got rid of Diggs. Okay, so Thielinger number one. Jefferson, you got a, on a rookie contract at least for the next two seasons following this season before you even need to talk about extensions. Yeah. They need, the, the Vikings need to figure out their quarterback position and they need to start figuring out their secondary because. Yeah, that's where they took it because they had a good secondary and they took a hit there. When you're talking about losing an, an Xavier Rhodes and an, uh, and a Sandejo who Sandejo hasn't looked great for the Browns. But still, like, he's better than the option you have out into in the safety position that you have right now. Right. Harrison Smith can't do it all himself. Um, okay, so give me your impression about the Seahawks. Um, it, it hasn't differed. Uh, I Best team in the NFC West, obviously. I mean, you can't really – make an argument to that they're five and oh yeah. um the biggest threat they had to him has lost half of their roster to injury uh and, and <clears throat> you look at the seahawks and you you see the same thing i see which is their defense is, is terrible their defense their defense is dead last they have one of the worst o-lines in the nfl right but it, it's their it's, o-line has stepped up a little bit they're, they're, they went from one of the worst to a little bit below average. Uh, that's where I see them at. And I believe statistically that holds up, but they're at a point now where they're good enough offensively that you got to wonder, can they succeed with this bad defense? Can, can oh. they, and when I say succeed, I don't mean have a winning record. I mean, win playoff games, can they win playoff games against a Tampa Bay team? Maybe. I, we, I was just having this conversation earlier with one of our coworkers. Uh, I could very easily see the NFC championship game right now through five weeks being the Seahawks and the Packers. 
Um, you talk about the Bucks. The Bucks have it. The, the Bucks have a strong offense or a defensive style of game, uh, but the offense is still hasn't still clicked. It, I don't know if that's whether due to to have anything to do with you know Godwin being out, Evans being hobbled. Any expectation they had that Gronk would be the Gronk of old, which I think all of us could have been like, no, no, no. no. So I, I see the Seahawks in the NFC being able to win to win playoff games. Yes, I know. I, I, I don't think they would. Maybe, maybe, maybe like the wild card round if they were playing the wild card. But sure. yeah, I, I don't see them beating a Titans team, a Bills team, a, a Raven, a Ravens, a Steelers, a Chiefs. I don't see them beating any of those teams in the playoffs. That they're in what I think is the weaker conference, at least if you're, when you're looking at the, the top tier teams and their conference currently, they can do some damage and that could be enough to get them a Super Bowl berth, but they're going to be at a disadvantage whenever they play the top tier of the AFC. And that's where I stand on it. If we're talking through five weeks, um, even, even coming off a disappointing loss, uh, I would, I'd be hard pressed to bet against the Chiefs as Super Bowl favorites right now. Fair enough. So speaking of the Chiefs, let's talk about their game. Uh, they played against the Raiders. We, we both didn't talk about them in the last segment. What's that? We didn't talk about them in the last segment. I do not believe so. We both had them winning against a, a no, twelve we point de- spread. We definitely talked about this in the last segment. We did not. We compared them, but we did not actually hit this game and hit this hit this grade. So we talked about the Chiefs uh, being being a twelve point favorites. They did not cover that spread because well they lost, so that's why they didn't cover it. We both picked them to win. We both picked them at under. We saw this game being closer than what a lot of people thought, and that's what that's exactly what happened. So tell me, tell me more, Tyler. Why did the Chiefs lose this game? Okay, well, I'll tell you right now. If we haven't, if we have covered this segment already earlier before, I apologize. Um, we covered it a little bit in the very first segment. We did not cover it in the report card. Okay. Um, first and foremost would be that the Raiders did not abandon the run game. And the Chiefs did. And, and Edwards Hilaire had 10 carries. 10. Josh Jacobs had 23 with two scores. Guess how many scores Edwards Hilaire had? Uh, zero. 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 The one score he had potentially was a passing play in the red zone. They got called back on offensive pass interference. So – Speaking of Edwards Allaire, all right, here's an interesting thing about him. He has been a very good back as far as chunk plays go. And I don't mean like major chunk plays, but he can rip off 10, 12, 15 yards on any given play. Okay. Where is he struggling the most this season? And it's almost to the point where it's not not even that. Not even that. Yes. Oh, I I, I know. Okay. You know what I'm going to say, right? It's on the goal line. 
Yes, scoring the ball. He has scored one touchdown all year. It is at the point where, given the amount of carries he has, it has become a statistical anomaly. Okay, here's here's what's frustrating about that though. All his goal line stuff came from week one. Correct, but it was so he bad. hasn't. He had he, seven carries inside of the five yard line in week one. He, he has is not a, had a single carry since, and he did not produce anything in those seven carries he got stuff so bad they are refusing to go back to him within the five yard line well guess what that's the wrong fucking answer it may be but that's where it is the wrong answer because guess what how many rushing touchdowns have they had inside the five since week one i'd be i'd be willing to bet the 30 rack that you have against me actually never mind no because i I feel like i'll take that bet how many a rush, the number a rushing touchdown yeah a rushing touchdown i'll actually go we'll go ahead and bet the 30 rack you owe me right now how many rushing touchdowns they've had to the running back position fullback does not oh, count to the running back position fullback, okay all right fullback all right. Does, yeah exactly because they they've had f- like at least two to the wide receiver position and at least one to the fullback i know that for a fact no they refused to let him grow. And that is the problem in this Chiefs offense for Clyde Edwards Lair. He his his biggest struggle, really, if you're really looking at the his his performance through the, through the five weeks, is the passing game. Dude only had three catches on eight targets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that sucks. But at the same time, like he's dude, he's a rookie. You need to get him work. You can't you can't force feed him at the goal line when you're at the one and everybody knows you're running and go, oh well, he didn't get it done. So I guess I guess that's it. We're just gonna limit his carries and uh, Patty Mahomes. The problem is he's not very big. He's he's not big. If a linebacker gets a hit on him, he's not moving that linebacker forward. He's not falling forward. You're right. He doesn't have the size. And that's going to be an issue for him. And I think the Chiefs have realized that. Now, I understand what you're saying, and I agree. I agree. He is not getting the opportunity to develop. But it's not something you realized through five weeks. This is a Chiefs team that isn't looking to develop. They're looking to win. Development can happen at its own pace for them. They're looking to get results now. And sometimes that's going to come at the cost of development. And that's going to be a, a tough thing. If if you're a, a Clyde Edwards Lair owner in fantasy, that's where you're going to find yourself a bit frustrated this year. He is going to suffer from the fact that the Chiefs are looking for results now. They're not looking for results two year from two years from now. Whether no, or not see, that's, that's the correct that's, answer, I can't tell you. No, that's complete bullshit. That's complete uh, it's bullshit. Not. It's not. And, and, no, it, no, here's why. In Andy Reid's reign in Kansas City, he's had the running backs of the likes of Jamal Charles, mm-hmm. Kareem Hunt, mm-hmm. and now Clyde Edwards Slayer. He's the only other person I would hold amongst the three of them. Damian Williams ain't it. It, it just stopped. No. Charles and Hunt were on a different level when it came to breaking tackles and moving forward. Alaire is a tackle dodger. He is a shifty guy. No, he's no, going no. To, he's going to get you to miss a tackle. He is not going to 
move forward in the tackle. Kareem, you've seen, we saw it last week. He can get contact and he will get yak after the contact. Alaire, if he Kareem gets Hunt, yak after the contact, it's because he made someone miss. It's not because he drove them forward. Kareem Hunt averaged 3.6 yards of carry last week. So let's stop with that. Why were Jamal Charles and Kareem Hunt as a rookie? Why, why were they? Why could they get to those levels? They were afforded the opportunity. Andy Reid with Patrick Mahomes with the 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 downsize at running back they have had since Mahomes became the starter. He, they are so scared to run the ball because all they've been able to win with is the pass game. I don't. They're, think they're not scared af- to run the, run the ball. I think they're scared of not producing well right? 10 10 fucking carries in a game that you should have been controlling the how clock. many yards i think it was like about 40 four yards a clip yeah four yards a clip but you you could have controlled that damn clock and kept that ball out of Derek carr's hands you are afraid to run that ball you are forcing that ball in, and i'm not saying it's forcing it into the hands of someone who's not capable patrick mahomes is Okay, but, but if you're the Chiefs, shut up, shut up, Chiefs, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, are you trying to force the ball out of the fuck up. Cars Shut, in? shut the really fuck up. strategy? Shut up, shut the fuck up. It should be a strategy that they should be going into every week because your Never. defense, no. is, shut the fuck up. Their nope. defense is not that good. No, nope. Their defense nope. is not that good. Nope, 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 nope. and nope. And look what happened. Look what happened. solid. It's not terrible. The Chiefs? The, yeah, Chiefs. It's solid. the Chiefs, the yeah, Chiefs. Oh, oh, they're they're a solid defense. Oh, really, bitch? You starting them in fantasy? No, the fuck you're not. They're sitting on everybody's fucking waiver wire. They're a solid they, defense. They got they got they got forty points hung up on them by the fucking Raiders. Yeah, by the, the Raiders. Worst performance of the season by I, the agreed. Raiders. No, agreed. no, they struggle bust against the fucking Chargers on Justin Herbert's first fucking start. Where he got told five minutes before fucking kickoff. And that game went to overtime. Fuck that. Dude, you need an established run game in this fucking god in the NFL now. Yeah, you no, need, they do need an established run game. I'm just and saying. why are you arguing? Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Why are you not letting me? I'm I'm not arguing anything. You're just telling me to shut up. Oh I can't argue. I haven't argued a thing. Oh my god. All right. We can agree. We can agree. That I didn't agree that you're a fucking the Chiefs piece lost. Of shit. First of all, I am not a piece of shit. I am amazing. And Edward Zolaire is not getting used enough. Whether that's the correct action or not, he's not getting used enough. And that it's gonna be that way. It, it's gonna be if you are right now realizing as his owner in fantasy, he's gonna have some really rough weeks. And he is not worth a pick that you took him at. And I'm not taking, I'm not walking back from that statement at all. Yeah. Well, some people who took them in a certain money league, well, we might be sitting at the same record. So you can just go ahead and fucking eat a whole bag of dicks. How about that? Same record, but I have like 130 more fantasy points. So it's, it is what it is. We'll, we'll see how that holds up. We'll see how that holds up. We'll can see how we it holds get up. To the goddamn fucking sleeper picks. Jesus fucking Christ. I have to work tomorrow, sore bottom. You don't. I got one more. We got one more game to discuss, oh and this God. is my game. The Bills. You can take. Yeah, take take yeah. the fuck. Yeah, go ahead. Your All team. Right. So Whatever. the Bills got demolished by the Titans. All right. As a Bills fan, 
Uh, it was it was painful to watch. It hurt. That said, I'm not the, I'm not going are into. Are you sure camp. it was the game that hurt? Uh, that, uh, this is my this is my time to talk. All right, we agreed on this. Fuck you. The, the game hurt. It it hurt. All right, but the Titans. First of all, Titan fans, you guys have a great team. Great team. You guys have a very strong run game that is complemented by a quarterback that understands very well how to use a play action. You guys have some very good receiving threats down the field in AJ Brown and in Johnny Smith. You guys, you guys are looking like a great team. Okay. Bill fans, trust me on this. Don't panic. There is no need to panic. All right. Yes. Josh Allen looked like the Josh Allen of old for some stretches. All right. That's okay. Yes, we we struggled. We struggled with our defense. We struggled with the run. We struggled at every aspect of the game. All right. That's okay. You're going to have some bad games. Guess what? The Titans had two weeks to prepare for this game. We had one. I'm okay with it. This is a game that was played on a Tuesday night. When was the last time a NFL football game got played on a Tuesday night? I don't even fucking know. I'm not even going to look it up because who the fuck knows? All right. The NFL does not play games on Tuesday nights. This was one of those weird games. And when you have those type of things, we have those abnormal environments, abnormal consequences happen. So if you're a Bills fan, let it go. It's okay. We're okay. All right. We lost that game. We have a tough matchup against the Chiefs. It's going to be very close. I think that Mahomes. And Josh Allen are having very similar seasons. So this will be a great week to have a measuring stick in a normal environment of a game to see exactly where our quarterback and our team is at. So that being said, Tyler, do you have any questions? Doesn't look like he does. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this segment up. Next up, we're going to talk about our sleeper picks. <laughs> I, I think I think I, I don't think Tyler's too happy right now. But we're going to go ahead and talk about our sleeper picks. That's coming up next after this break, so stick around. Welcome back, everyone. I have found Tyler. He is back with us. Tyler, what are you drinking tonight? What What is your go-to? Are we trying to call me out like um? some type of pussy or is, is is that what we're trying to do no because that would actually be misogynistic so we are not we are not doing that i'm trying to recruit a possible sponsor i am a big fan of red's hard apple ale it's delicious it's crisp yeah. it's tasty not, not actually offended Helps. that that you would think that i would I would somehow give you shit for that because you saw the other day when I was going hard on the on the Reds Wicked Apples. Yeah, the Wicked's that taste like Robitussin. Oh, there goes the sponsorship. There, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we, it is time for us yeah. to talk about the sleeper picks that we had last week. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, every week we, we try to go outside, branch out, and pick a team that is favored to lose and try to guess who, which one of those teams might win. Tyler, you had the Chargers and Saints games. You picked the Chargers, and that was looking really good for the first three, three and a half quarters of the game. 
I gotta tell you, man, I've been I've been solid on this pick for three quarters each week. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck, man, Justin Herbert is for real. Yeah, he's for real. I, you throw you 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 throw away his one stinker against the against the Panthers, man. This dude, he he went two sixty four for four touchdowns. Uh, his his first touch his first ah, touch his first one was amazing to, to Keenan Allen rolling out against a zero blitz. Holy fuck that right. shit! It's like he looks he he stepped into that starting role as if and, and he's playing to a level. It's just like you've been doing this. You've been in the league for three four years. You know what you're doing. You're reading yeah. this shit. And I and I agree that that first touchdown to me, I, I was so impressed by it. The thing about it, like you said, he was facing a zero blitz, right? A lot of quarterbacks in that situation, what would they have? What would they have done? Throw the ball away, or throw the ball away, or slide, or take the sack. Right, exactly. I think that a veteran quarterback in most situations would have thrown the ball away. A rookie quarterback probably would have taken the sack, right? And he he threw that ball on a dime. To right. Keenan Allen. Oh, that shit was beautiful. Right, and 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 if you're like a nitpicker, you could be like, oh no, that that ball was a little bit wobbly while I was in the air. No, fuck that. This guy was rolling out, running to the right, and just hucked it. And I think it was a solid, like what, twenty five yards? Some some in that in that ballpark. Um, it was it was in the red zone, so it wasn't it was in one, the red zone. Okay, but it was it was. It was I mean, zone. he was he was deep behind the the uh, line of scrimmage when that happened. I mean, you're also, also talking about. <laughs> Oh, it's a little wobbly, blah, 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 blah. Bro, this motherfucker was making like his fourth fucking career start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, dude, yeah. and, and and this was a defense that had Marshawn Lattimore back. Like, yeah. he 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 played a great – if the fucking – I have to attest, it was, it's – if you're talking about who's blowing the games for the chargers it, it's it's their defensive injuries if if they had if they had like a derwin james mm-hmm. back and he wasn't hurt for the entire season like i could easily see them being three and two four and one as opposed to one and four mm-hmm. i think they are the best one and four team in the league right now without a doubt yeah um in fact, I don't see too many two and three teams being better than them right now. No. Yeah. And and I do think they're going to struggle a little bit. They're entered in the defensive end. They have a rookie quarterback who is balling out, but is still going to have rookie moments. They're relying right now on a rookie running back too. And uh, let's talk about that for a second. Kelly did not impress. Nope. Uh, with Austin Eckler out, no, and I, 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 <clears throat> I warned fantasy stockholders through this because after Eckler went out, Jackson outtouched him in the run and the pass game mm-hmm. last mm-hmm. week, and that's exactly what happened this week. Jackson had 15 carries for 71. Mind you, a lot of that 71 was on the 36-yard fucking run that he had. Right. Uh, Joshua Kelly only had 11 carries for 29. That's not going to do it. That's not going to cut it. Jackson providing for uh, five catches on six targets for 23 yards. Joshua Kelly had one catch on one target for nine. Um, and, and I think you that 
you talked about the defense is the reason why they lose games. And I agree. I think that is the biggest culprit is their defensive entries. But if you don't have a trustworthy run game that can buy your quarterback some downs, some first downs, that's going to hurt you. What were we just talking about? What the fuck were we just talking about in the last segment? Now you want to talk about how the run game is the way to go? The run game is a great way to go. Fuck you. I'm not, you know, I'm, I have to go to work tomorrow. I'm not even buying any of this shit. I will. Yep. Yep. Upset just, about the Chiefs, huh? huh? Just, right. just, Justin Jackson is the way to go in fantasy. And the bald motherfucker that I do this podcast with is a cunt. <laughs> so you predicted that the. Chargers w- would win this one. That was your yeah. upset pick of the week, and yes. you were not far off. You obviously, since you took the under, you got you got the C for this one. I thought that the Saints would win. I also thought the Saints would not cover. I, I took the Saints so to the under. This, so you this get was the an A for me, uh, but that was one of my few ways because I I kind of struggle busted on the report card this week. Well Speaking then, why which, don't why don't we get to your upset pick, motherfucker? Because you were way wrong. I was way wrong. If you look at the final score, uh, the Texans beat the Jags 30 to 14, 16 point game, right? The Texans struggled to put this one away. This was not a, oh yeah, they, they were comfortably ahead the whole game. No, the Jags kept it close in the first half. The Texans were, did turn out to be the better team and, and they deserved the win. They got the win. They deserved it. Um, it. It was a ugly game to watch. It was, it was brutal. Um, Even Gardner Minshew's dad agreed. He sat in like the fucking like 300 level of that stadium to watch that game. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a pretty win for the Texans, but uh, I mean, the only standout from this game is legitimately it's Brandon Cooks. Like Brandon Cooks had a fucking day. He did. Eight for 161 and a touchdown. Will Fuller was really quiet in the first half. He came alive a little bit in the second half. Um, a little bit, yeah. Brandon Cooks was the, was, was the star. Absolutely. Yeah, and... Uh, Big moment for me for Brandon Cooks. And I'm sorry for interrupting, but Brandon Cooks, as you know, has had concussion injuries and issues for, for a while now, right? And in the first half, he actually caught a ball where he drew the penalty for helmet-to-helmet contact. And it was really nice to see him get right back up after that penalty and continue going. Um, At the end of the day, whether you love a team, hate a team, doesn't really matter. I don't like seeing guys get injured. I like seeing guys be able to play through injuries or stay healthy. Um, And if they've had injury history, I like to see them overcome that. And and to me, that felt like a little bit of a redemption moment for Brandon Cooks where he was able to take a helmet-to-helmet hit, come back, and just go right back at it. Especially that helmet-to-helmet hit he took in the Super Bowl a couple years ago Mm -hmm. where he just laid the fuck out like it was like he wasn't moving. Yeah. That was that was so rough. I just I, I I'm surprised you're not jocking up your fucking boyfriend. Which David one? Johnson, J, David Johnson. Oh, David Johnson. <laughs> On his 17 yard or 17 carries for uh, 96 yards. Eh, respectable, right? Respectable. 
not against, horrible. A, against a Jaguars defense, and you still think he's a he's a he's a top tier running back. Okay, I don't think I've literally don't think I've ever said that. I said he was okay. I thought I thought it said he was decent, not terrible. You've had this man's dick in your mouth for the last two fucking seasons. Don't, okay, don't believe I have. You have, and you've been taking that shit down to the tonsils, and you're like, oh, yes, all the David at Johnson. Yes, yes. Oh, he's a Texan now? Oh, he's got to be great. Bah, bah, bah. Yeah, it's weird because I don't recall being that high on David Johnson, but, hey, if, if you say so, you're never you wrong. Are no, so high on, you were so high on David Johnson at the before this season. Yes, you were. No, I, I said I thought he wouldn't be as bad as last year when he was bad last year. That's like year. being the smartest kid with Down syndrome. What are you doing? That's, what are you uh, doing? Yeah. Oh, that's he would I be. As I thought bad David Johnson would be the smartest kid with Down syndrome. All right, that's fair. All right, that's that's kind of where I was. Which, by the way, uh, we don't have anything against kids with Down syndrome, and we don't have anything against hom- the homosexual community. We love everyone. Uh, uh, yes, he's right, but fucking fuck. <laughs> uh, so Tyler, I can tell you're frustrated, but here's some good news. I got some good news for you. It's time for the report card, the final grades. And this I already, should, know, this I, I already know I won. I already know I won. You did win. You did win. Would you like to know your final score? Two weeks in a row. I, I don't give a shit. I won two weeks in a row. Yeah, yep. Two weeks in a row. That 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 would be what winning once and then winning again would would be. So you you performed very well. You had seven A's. Thank you. Yep. You had three C's and Fine. four F's. Yeah, you know, you take the good with the bad, and there you have the facts of life. You do, yeah. And that gave you the exact same GPA as last week of 2.43. So well that done. means you, oh, that means you scored lower. I did. Yes. I, that means, you know, your college degree. I mean, dick. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I, I didn't go to college for football, but all right, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're oh. saying. Okay. So I struggled it. I, I, I struggled. I only had four A's. Oh. Yeah. I had five C's and I had five. You did A's. have a finger in your ass. So my final GPA was 1.86 under that two point. So that means that Tyler had the C plus, I had the C. And two and oh, bitches. He's two and oh. That is correct. Next week, I'll have the communal community. Communal. I can't speak. We're going to take them all together and we're going to average them out to see where we're at. That's what I'm trying to say. Cumulative. There you go. Cumulative. He went to college. Yeah, I know words. Okay. So we're going to have that for you guys next week. Uh, This Saturday, we're going to give you guys the week six predictions for both the games and fantasy picks. So check that out. Stay tuned. And again, if you haven't yet, followed us on Twitter at unsport comments again at unsport comment we love to have you guys uh, following us we want to hear your feedback we want to hear you guys tell us what you think we need to do better what you think we need we're doing terribly yes Tyler I, I yeah I see your finger I was I was waiting 
I also have uh, revamped my Twitter page. I am very Twitter friendly during NFL Sundays and Thursdays, Mondays, and I guess sometimes Tuesdays now. Yeah. It's at T-K-L-E-I-N 49er being 49ER29. You can throw that shit on me. I have also, as what may be a surprise to you, I have also started, for anyone who enjoyed or is a fan of the 49ers or enjoys me listening, bitching about my own fucking team, whether you're a Seahawks or Rams or a Cardinals fan, I have started my own podcast. I have one episode out right now. It's called For the Faithful. Listen, subscribe. I I know I'm on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, and I think RadioCast right now. Please tell me that you spelled For the Faithful, F-O-U-R. No. Oh. There's a chance there. Well, for the faithful, meaning the, the faithful, the 49er faithful is what yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, fan base yeah. is before the faithful. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of people who talk about the 49ers aren't really real fucking listic because they're like, oh, Jerry Garoppolo is the franchise guy. Never mind. No. If you want to hear more shit like that, please go follow my podcast and uh, please support us. We appreciate everyone who listens. And uh, go ahead, DC. All right. Well, especially the people in France. I want to give a shout out to the people in France. Hey, let us know. Let us know why. Love your fries. Ah, I can't. I can't get away from it. But everyone else, thank you so much. We really appreciate your support. This is DC Tyler. Any last words? Everybody, good night. Thank you. We will talk to you guys on Saturday. You're not gonna tell everyone to fuck off. No. All right. No. We're going different approaches. How about instead of telling them because. I appreciate everybody who listens. How about I tell the big bald motherfucker sipping a platy right now to go fuck yourself since we're on Zoom and you can see the finger. Fuck you. <laughs> Love it. As always, Tyler with the delightful commentary. This is DC Mellow. Thanks for listening. Everyone take care and we will see you guys this Saturday. Bye. Love you all. Go fuck yourselves.